Good morning. Pastor Rob, welcome to our nine o'clock service. We are in the book of Nehemiah, which we started just last week, uh, the first of October. And then we have many of you. I hope you've got one of these last week. It's a guide. We don't always uh, uh, do it like this, but we've prepared a, the full series, eight messages, and with the guides and the outlines and some other information in this. So I hope you'll keep bringing it back with you. Hope you're doing it in a small group of some kind as well. I will be doing this Wednesday. And if you didn't get one of these, if you weren't here last week, as soon as you walk out the doors around the sanctuary, there are racks with those. Please take one. They are for you. So this is a series uh, in the book of Nehemiah titled Awakening. And in many ways, it's a very um, uh, a story that talks about the people of God in a critical moment of their history, uh, rebuilding the city walls of Jerusalem that had been um, destroyed and left to ruin. Uh, but I introduced this last week to say there's a lot of lessons here for us here in the 21st century in our church, as we, as Sam and, and even others have said even this morning, as we seek to look forward into the future of what God wants to yet to do in the ministry of this church, right? That the, the Christian life, my life, your life, and the Christian church is a, is a continual series and season of renewal, Right? And, some, and often it happens in very small and personal ways, and sometimes it happens in the life of a community on a large way, like it did in the book of Nehemiah, and like I think it's happening here. So that's why we are looking at this uh, book together in this series. So if you have a copy of the Bible, uh, if you'll open up to, uh, to Nehemiah, in the first third of your Old Testament, Nehemiah passed all the books of Moses and the history books, and you'll get to... Um, Ezra, Nehemiah, we're in chapter 2, and I'm going to read not the whole chapter this morning, but selected verses, but you can follow along with me, Nehemiah chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says these words. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad uh, when, you are not, when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed with fire? The king said to me, What is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king said, with the queen sitting beside him, uh, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Verse 11. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. Verse 16. Uh, then I... 
uh, the, the, off, the officials did not know where I had gone or where I was do, what I was doing because as of yet I said nothing to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So we began this good work. Now, Nehemiah, if you remember, if you were here last week, he was praying and fasting uh, for many days, it says in chapter one. For many days I wept and mourned and fasted, but here, right, Nehemiah decides to take bold action on the vision, verse uh, 12, that God had put in his heart, right? Clearly, God had placed him. It's one of these stories. I hope you think about your own life where you have these moments sometime when you think it, it dawns on you that God has put you somewhere in an office, you know, in a neighborhood, in a relationship with somebody, whatever the case may be. It dawns on you, you know, kind of like, you know, for such a time as this, God has placed me here. And I think it's very clear as you read the book of Nehemiah, I think it's written for us to appreciate this, that Nehemiah was placed in this very important place, thousand plus miles away from the ruined city of Jerusalem, but he was very close to the king who was sovereign over Jerusalem. And it was at this moment, in this great trouble, in this great disgrace in the people of God, it dawned on Nehemiah that God had placed him here. And, and Nehemiah comes to this place after praying and after fasting. We ended last week and Nehemiah prays this great prayer that Josh just re rehearsed some of with us here when he was standing here and says, listen, God has put me here. I need to speak to the king. I was the cupbearer of the king. And he gets ready to take action. But it's important to keep in mind as we think about our own lives, wherever God has you, and as we think about the life of our church, that as Nehemiah gets ready to do this, he's the king, Artaxerxes, who's a Persian king, right? I mean, this, is a, this was the, uh, the, uh, the enemies, the people who subjugated the Jewish people, the people that they paid taxes to, the people that they paid tribute to, the people that actually burned their city and destroyed their temple. These were not their friends, right? And Nehemiah had grown up his whole life in Persia, and Nehemiah had grown up his whole life listening to people speak a foreign language and as a sort of a second-class citizen. And although he has an important job, and I think he realizes this is an important moment. The king is not his buddy. The king is not his friend, but he's about to make here a very big request. And the request that he makes here, we just read it, is not simply a request for a leave of absence. Oh, king, you know, would you mind if I take a few weeks off of my job and travel back to Jerusalem to see my people? He's not simply asking for a leave of absence. He's asking, not simply asking for the king to reverse his policy. And if you did last week's study, it was mentioned in the study, there was a policy by this very same king a handful of years earlier, it's recorded in the book of Ezra, where they were going to rebuild the walls, and he wrote an edict and said, stop the work. 
right? A piece of legislation from, the, from King Artaxerxes. So Nehemiah is not only asking him for some time off, right, with pay. He's not only asking him to reverse his policy, but if we read carefully, and I didn't read all of the chapter two, but it's in here, verses seven through nine, he asks him to pay for the renewal and to send a security attache so nobody bothers him on the work, right? It's a very serious request. And this decision... No matter what comes out of it, whether the king says yes or whether the king says no, will change the course of his life one way or the other. And I think it's a lesson uh, for each of us. If you really want to experience change in your life as a Christian, if we are serious, I love Cody's video, but really seeing that you know, uh, it, it come true in every one of our lives, if we're serious as a church, about reaching a new generation of people who do not know Jesus Christ, we are going to have to put our hearts into it, every single one of us, right? That's what's so amazing about Nehemiah. He puts his heart into it, right? It says, I had never been sad in the king's presence before, right? I mean, because I said, this was not his buddy. This was a job, and you, didn't, and you checked your emotions at the door, and you didn't have an opinion, and nobody asked you your opinion. You, he said, jump, and you said, how high? What do you want me to do for you today, king? But what, you didn't, what we didn't, maybe you didn't see this carefully if you read the text. It says in verse 2, it says, in the month of Nisan, because we don't use these different calendars that the, the, the ancient Persians used. But if you compare 2, chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 1, you realize that Nehemiah's prayer, Nehemiah's fasting, wasn't, an, it wasn't a, you know, a, 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 a capricious thing. It wasn't a, you know, impulsive thing. It didn't last one day. He didn't see a television commercial or hear a terror, you know, hear a touch testimony and say, I'm going to change the course of my life. No, the, the, the difference between chapter 2, verse 1, and chapter 1, verse 1 is four months, right? Nehemiah spent four months' time thinking and praying and fasting. And I think this, the sadness in his face is something he couldn't, he, couldn't, uh, uh, he couldn't hide anymore. I was very much afraid, think about verse 2, but I said, Right? If you had one of those moments in your life, I was very much afraid. I had no idea how this was going to work out, but I had, I had long since passed uh, the point where this was just a good idea. Nehemiah had moved in those four months to this kind of place where he thought, well, maybe I'll write a check to this cause, to a place where he said, I'm going to be, I'm going to personally commit myself to this cause, right? Have you had one of those moments in your life recently? Have I had one of those moments? Someone sent this to me um, recently, uh, speaking of this moment, putting your heart into it. It's a quote from Mother Teresa. And she said this, prayer is not asking, but putting yourself in the hands of God and listening to his voice at the depths of your heart. Right, this is what Nehemiah was doing. Not just asking God to do him a favor. Not just asking God, hey, can you help me out? It's putting yourself into the hands of God. I said this last week, giving God your very best and listening for his voice in the very depths of your heart, right? That's what it's gonna take for every single one of us if we really wanna see God do something significant through our lives. Yesterday, uh, or a couple days ago, actually, uh, this week, I got a phone call 
from a woman that I've known for um, her and her husband for 35 years since they were maybe just married. And her husband has had this very debilitating disease, which I've known. I saw him several months ago, a few months ago. And she called to let me know that he passed away. And uh, she and her husband are Christians, but uh, uh, I think they would tell you they haven't been to church probably for many, many years. And she said, Rob, I know I don't see you a ton, but you're the closest thing I have as a pastor. Would you, would, would you help me out? And I said, sure, what do you want to do? And she said, well, you know, uh, she didn't so many words. You know, we're not uh, 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 church-going people so much, but we just want to have a gathering. And we want to do it at the lake house, and we do it with our best friends and, you know, cook something, drink something, and, and maybe you could say a few words. I said, well, okay, I'll do it. And I showed up there yesterday, and it was clear after I'd got there that, you know, uh, there was no official time for this service to start, right? And people just came, you know, began to gather, and, and uh, it was also very clear that uh, uh, nobody actually knew who I was, right? And, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, 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 it was clear, other than the family, uh, I didn't know who any of these people were. And as people started to, you know, come in, there might have been maybe there were 60, 70 people by the time crammed into this lake house. Eventually, I found myself in the kitchen, which um, was also where all the beer and the wine were. And I, I think people thought I was the bartender, you know. <laughs> and this one guy I was talking to, I think I had one conversation with one guy that probably lasted a half an hour, Right. And again, I didn't, you know, I didn't, when's the service going to start? I'm waiting for my friend to tell me uh, this, this uh, you know, sort of uh, in-the-moment service. And this guy started to talk to me. And within 15 or 20 minutes, he told me that his brother uh, had committed a suicide about three or four days ago. I thought, wow. And then he began to tell me more about his life. He talked about um, how um, uh, his wife was a, a, a churchgoer but that he hadn't been to church and he had some issues with God. And we just started talking and I thought, wow, man. I wonder if this is what it's like to be a bartender. I mean, people really just <laughs> pour their hearts out. Maybe being a bartender and a pastor are very similar. I don't know. <laughs> but then as we were talking, he, he had no idea who I was, as I said. I, other than I introduced myself, as told him what my name was. This woman who actually, there was three or four people that were Browncrofters that she came and she said, pastor, she introduced herself and she said a few words and he looked at me. He said, now it makes sense, you know. But, you know, uh, a few minutes later, uh, uh, again, it was an hour or so into it, we called everybody together, and um, I, uh, you know, uh, read a, a verse of Scripture, and I said a few words. Um, but I'll tell you what, driving home yesterday, this was from Canandaigua Lake, it just ruined my day, Honestly. Uh, and Saturdays, I, I, I enjoy Saturdays usually just to, you know, I, Saturday evenings, you know, just, I just like to think about my message and think about being here with you all. It's one of the highlights of my week and, and it's thoughtful and it just ruined me. And it's as if God was saying to me, Rob, listen, this is, these are your walls. This is what it's about. This is what I want you to put your heart into, right? These 60 or 70 people, right? Most of them with a beer in their hand but quietly listening to my 10-minute sermon uh, in the living room of this house, right? This is what I want you to put your heart into. Can you do that? Will you do that? And I think if I'm willing to do that, 
and you are willing to do that, God can do amazing things in the life of this. This is what God is calling us to do, right? We have to put our hearts into it. Second thing you see Nehemiah do in this passage is we have to prepare, says in our outline, for success, right? We have to prepare. As I said, there were four months that took place between the time that Nehemiah, you know, who was having a very good life, right? As I said last week, Nehemiah lived in Susa. He lived in Babylon. He lived in, I don't know, New York City, Paris, you know, uh, whatever. He did not live in, you know, uh, uh, if, if, the, if, the, if the present world is the ancient world, he lived in New York City, but, his, but the, his community were from Syria. He was a Syrian, okay? That's the kind of the situation. He was Jewish, but he had never lived in Jerusalem. He, his whole life was lived here, and at this point lived a very cushy life. But God had laid this burden on his heart, and it got a hold of his heart, and it, did, it wasn't just a, you know, I'm going to write a check to this cause. He said, God has called me, God has positioned me, and I'm all in, right? But Nehemiah didn't just, this wasn't, when he finally gets to go to the king, it's not just some, you know, I'm going to wing it kind of a thing. He carefully prepared for this um, conversation. He visualized, we're not going to look at it all, but if you look at verses 7 through 9, I didn't read them, he visualized the, the operation, right? Because if he, the king was going to answer his question, which the king said, what is it you want, verse 4? He didn't know the king was going to say that, but when the king said, what do you want? Nehemiah said, I'll tell you exactly what I want, because I've already looked at this thing. I've already looked at this auditorium. I know exactly what we need. I've already looked at uh, uh, the, the school building. I know exactly what we need. I've already looked at, you know, 15,000 square feet of new children's space. I know exactly what we need. Nehemiah thought about what he needed, right down to the wood, right down to the timber, right down to the stone. And then when he got there, verse uh, uh, 13 and following, right? Before he ever says a word to the local people who are going to help him, he goes there up at night on his horse and eventually has to get off his horse. Verses, I think, 13 through 15, I didn't read them. And he looks at the wall. First time he's ever been to Jerusalem. And he looks carefully at them. And he takes that vision that was cooked or, or initiated back there in, in Susa. And now he's looking at it and he says, God, we can do this. I, we can do this. And he looks carefully, allows that to sink into his heart. Listen, guys, that's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. God had put this in his heart. Verse 12, right? I had not told anyone so far. Months had gone by. What God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem, God had put it to, to his heart, but he needed to prepare for the success, right? So do you, so do I, so do we, right? We need to prepare for the success. Are we doing that? Are you doing that? I came here, I come typically on Saturdays, um, usually sometimes just for 10 or 15 minutes every Saturday. I come and try to just spend a few minutes in prayer uh, for Sunday morning. But yesterday, I came, you know, and I was anxious to look at our new building. I hadn't really walked through it either. And I walked through it uh, for the first time. And, you know, uh, even though, as Sam said, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a work in progress, right? But, you know, I, I, as I walked through the halls, I, I could see it all done because I've been thinking about it. I could see, you know, uh, all the halls done, all the paint done, all the, the mill work done. I, saw, I could see the outside done. As I and, and I walked outside, I could see in my mind uh, a 15,000 square foot building done. 
I could see, I could look in the gym that's kind of imperfect today. I could see it done. And I came into this auditorium, right? We'll show you this. Perhaps in November, we'll talk about it Tuesday night. I could see this room, right? With, you know, everything brand new. New seats, little stadium seating in the back. We'll have, we'll be able to sit 300 more people in here than we'll have today which is why we need to update the gym because we need it for kids. I can see it all. And let me tell you this. I'm already in, right? It's not only a question of commitment of seeing it. We have to be in. Is, is your heart into it? I've already, I can tell you, uh, 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 given more money to this project than I've ever given to anything. A lot of money for me anyway. But you know what? Those are the easy parts. And the question number three says this. Where are you most challenged by Nehemiah's example in your life today? As I'm reading this passage, as I'm thinking about this moment in the life of the church, I'll tell you where I'm challenged. It's not in seeing what God can do here. It's not even in the money. I believe the money. Uh, you guys have been amazing raising almost $5 million. I'm confident we can do it, raise another five. I really can. But it's really about the people who don't know Christ in this community and having a heart for them. That's where I feel most challenged. And I've been thinking about something. First time I'm saying it out loud. Uh, but it was reinforced for me yesterday as I sat in this living room and saw these people, right? This is the future of the church, these 70 people in this living room who from listening to them, you know, carefully for an hour before anyone knew who I was, I'd say, I think many of them, a majority of them do not know Christ as their Savior, Right? These are our walls. This is what God is calling us into. And I've been thinking, I told some of you here, uh, I moved into a new neighborhood. So uh, I'm making this public so you have to call me on it. And I've just been thinking, you know, I'm gonna, I, I wanna do something. I, I still need to get to know my neighbors and I'm getting to know them. But I thought, you know, I may just have a little home church at my house kind of a thing. I don't know what you call it. And, and I thought first I'll just put out a flyer on my street and just say, you know, uh, 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 just, you know, Bible study for, for people who don't go to church. And I thought, first I thought, well, I'll tell them I'm a pastor. Now I think I'll tell them I'm a bartender, right? <laughs> just, just come. And, 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 but I don't know how it's gonna work out, right? But I need to start thinking differently because God has put it into my heart I hope God is putting it into your hearts, right? To see people, young and old, married and single, you know, uh, of every qu uh, 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 category of people that live all around us that today do not know. They're unchurched, like this guy I talked to, de-churched. They got real issues about what they think church is about, right? But I, I, as I stood there, nevertheless, I was so sobered as I said, introduced myself, read a few verses. I'm telling you, you could hear a pin drop. People were really interested to know what I had to say, right? We need to prepare for success. I don't know what that means for you, right? Maybe it means you need to spend some more time prayer and fasting. Prayer is not asking. It's about putting yourself into the hands of God and listening to his voice to speak deeply to your heart. Maybe that's where many of you need to be. Some of you maybe need to make some commitments 
into the life of this ministry. You need to get involved in this church. You need to get involved in a small group. Listen, uh, Sam mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, thanking many of you involved in the REACH initiative. I'm humbled by your commitments. Not only this year is our, have we raised about a million six, I guess, total in, in, in co- commitment so far. Our um, operations giving is up about nine or 10%. We'll talk about it Tuesday. That's unbelievable. But let me tell you something. Here's what I know. Some of you aren't in the game yet, right? In other words, this amazing co- gifts, the amazing uh, ability to, to, to expand the ministry of this church, not everyone's in yet, right? I don't know where your commitment needs. My guess is every one of us needs to increase our commitment to open our lives up more honestly and more um, intentionally with the lost people around us, right? We all need to prepare for success. That's what Nehemiah did. That's what we need to do. And the last thing you see in this passage, so important, we need to count on God to show up, right? need to count on God. There's 11 prayers in Nehemiah's um, book. And this is one of many things people who've loved the Bible for years have, have loved about the book of Nehemiah because it's a great book on prayer. But you know what? Uh, uh, Jason, or I mean Josh mentioned this in the, in the, in the worship time this morning. The, the first prayer is sort of this involved prayer. It's the kind of prayer that individuals and churches kind of pray so often in your life. There, it's a vision prayer. It's, it's, he's, he's, God's ruined his heart in a sense. God's called him and given him this burden and he begins to think about it and pray about it and, and to repent about it and he begins to try to, to, to make this vision more clear. It's a, it's a vision prayer, chapter one. But most of the rest of the prayers in Nehemiah, see the vision's been cast. Most of the rest of prayers are very short, right? Like the one in verse four of chapter two. Then I prayed to the God of heaven. Their prayers for help, their prayers for strength, their prayers for protection, their prayers for mercy, their prayers for somebody or somebodies, right? It's the whole community that's called into this work who have already made a commitment to do something. They just need prayer one step at a time to get it done right? That's what it says. In fact, you'll notice down in this passage, verse, uh, verse 18, they replied, let us begin building, watch this, so they began this good work, right? It wasn't just Nehemiah. The whole community was called into it, right? We, but, but we have this idea of waiting for God to show up. It needs to become a way of life, that's what you see with Nehemiah. Three or four chapters later, we'll look at it later, Nehemiah's up there and, there's all, and he has all these um, uh, uh, opposition. The people around the, 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 the small city of Jerusalem, they were, they were trying to oppose the work and Nehemiah would hold a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other and, he just, and as they were trying to discourage him, he just said this word prayer, strengthen my hands, right? He said, listen, he, 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 he took it one day at a time. But you see, he, he began to learn that what it means to walk with Jesus, what it means to, uh, to receive and accomplish a vision is learning for God to show up one day at a time. Let me tell you something about us. Nehemiah went to, uh, to Artaxerxes, who was a Persian king, who God had put it in his heart to give him favor. There's no way this would have ever gotten done, okay, if this king didn't say yes, didn't pay for all the supplies, didn't give him a security detail, it never would have happened. God put it in the heart of 
this king to help. Let me tell you something, guys. We have a king, too. We have a sovereign king, too. And our king, right, is the application. Our king is already disposed not only to say yes to our request, but he has all the timber, all the brick, all the money that we'll ever need if we have the courage and conviction to believe that this is what... See, all God's looking for us, right? He's not really looking for the resources. He's not looking for the talent. He's not looking, you know, so much, you know, for, for what we can bring to the table, as Cody said in his video. He's willing, he's, he's, he wants to know if we're going to put our hearts into it. Are you all in? Are you going to put your heart into it? Are you going to give it all that you have? Are you willing to carefully look at what I've called you to do and say, I'm going to give everything that I have to do it and then see if God shows up one day at a time, right? One day at a time. If we're willing to do this, and, and here's the beauty of it, so I'm going to end. You say, well, how do you do that, Rob? That sounds very hard. That sounds very challenging. We might fail. You might send your little flyer out and nobody might come to your Bible study. That might happen. But you know what? We're not alone. They're not alone. Verse 18, I told them also about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had sent to me. You know what? We're not alone. And the, and, and, and the best way that we can experience God's power, the best way that we can affirm God's presence, right, is by stepping out by faith one uh, commitment at a time, one challenge at a time. And when we do that, God will show up in our lives. Amen? Amen. Stand with me uh, this morning. Let's, let's pray. Let me say a few things as we head out. Uh, we need to do this together. And you know, the more that we look in this book, the more you're going to see. Uh, there's a whole chapter. We're not even, we're, we're, we're kind of skipping it in this study, but I'll, I'll make reference to it. In the whole chapter of Nehemiah chapter 3, it's, it's almost like the end of the book of Romans. It's just a bunch of names. And Nehemiah just goes, and he, he looks at the entire project of the walls of Jerusalem, and, 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 he, and I'm sure this is done on purpose. And he sits there and he says, well, Dave and Rachel are here and, and Sam and Leslie are here and, and Ryan and Kim. And he goes through and he names all the people by name and so-and-so and his three daughters. I mean, read it. And he says, listen, and what he's trying to paint this picture is, listen, it's everybody. The reason this a project was accomplished, the reason this vision was accomplished, yes, Nehemiah was, a, was, a, was a, an inspirational leader, but the community got involved and they got committed, right? That's the whole point. That's what we're asking all of us to do. And let me say this. Uh, as we sort of launch our fall here, a little late, that is October instead of September, I hope you're doing this. My small group student will meet Wednesday night. If you're not in a small group, right, uh, join one, ask your friends, maybe they'll let you in for the next seven weeks, okay? Uh, or if you uh, want to do it, there are going to be two small group experiences, that is, gatherings here where you can just come and it'll be Tuesday night and Thursday night this week um, and just, you know, just you'll be put together with a handful of people, a large group, small group, and go through this material. Maybe it'll turn into a small group, maybe not. For uh, ladies, Monday night, starting tomorrow night, they'll be going through this study. Guys, 
uh, those of you who are busy and, you know, got jobs and coach football, you know, 6.30 in the morning, set, uh, starting this Thursday, a very crisp hour, me and, and, and some guys, you're all welcome uh, to come. Uh, get engaged in what we're doing. Ask, start, start asking God to speak to your heart and, and, and call you into this vision because we will only do it if we're doing it together. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you for everyone in this room. And Lord, uh, I pray that uh, what happened to me yesterday to a degree, that, that in the way that you kind of you know, ruined me in a way, uh, as, you, as you burdened me in a way more for the lost in this community. Lord, may you do that across this congregation. Lord, uh, break our hearts for what breaks yours and, and give us the power uh, to open our lives, to open our hearts, to open our minds, to open our, our, our pocketbook, to open our entire lives to you so that we might become the congregation, the church that you want us to be, that we might become a, a city on a hill, that we might become a light in a dark place um, with the gospel. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.